Welcome to Along the Way with Trudy Kathy White. Trudy is the daughter of Jeanette and Truett Kathy, founder of Chick-fil-A. And like her dad, she is a beloved leader, communicator, and entrepreneur. In this podcast, Trudy will share a heartwarming collection of true stories with lessons she's learned along the way and remind you that the legacy you'll leave then is the life you're living now. Here now is your host, Trudy Kathy White. Welcome to this episode of Along the Way. I don't know where you are right now listening to this, but I got to tell you, it is a sweltering summer here in Georgia, and I can't help but wish for just some cooler temperatures. I mean, we need a break from all this heat. I've always loved winter, the chance of snow, family gatherings, and Christmas. But as a little girl, the highlight was always my birthday on December 17th. I would spend the weeks before my birthday thinking about it, dreaming about it, planning for it, and just anticipating every part of it. Of course, I love the gifts and the parties, but I was mainly excited about simply getting older. It seems that when you're a child, you're in such a rush to grow up. This was especially true of me as the youngest of three children in the Kathy home. And as one birthday led to the next, and when the years began to tick by at a seemingly faster rate, I started to realize I was on board a train called Aging, and that train was moving really fast. These days, I still love my birthdays, but I wouldn't mind if the years in between slowed down just a little bit. But that's how it is with aging. Growing up seems so exciting when you're young, yet we seldom stop to think about where all those birthdays are taking us. Every child I meet seems to want to grow older, but no child wants to grow old. However, the Bible reminds us, what has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. That means that the people of older age will always be relevant because we will always have one thing our children and grandchildren lack, experience. If you're blessed to walk the earth long enough, you'll rack up a world of experience that those around you desperately need. The 19th century philosopher George Santiano wrote, Those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. As one generation gives way to the next, wisdom and knowledge become the currency of our seniors. We are the ones called to share what we've learned, our mistakes, and our victories, to ensure that the generations behind us are equipped to climb even higher than we could. We want them to avoid our missteps and build on our successes. As I've said before, our goal should be to blaze a trail for others to follow. That only happens, though, when we're willing to follow the trail those before us left behind. Aging is an exciting and terrifying mountain we must all climb. It is wrought with adventure, joy, danger, and rewards the young could never dream of. Fortunately, there are plenty of people at the top of the mountain shouting down tips and directions to help the rest of us make the climb. When it comes to facing the mountain of aging, I think there are three specific milestones we must all face in the journey. One is learning from our elders when we're young. The second is saying goodbye to our elders as we grow. And the third is becoming elders ourselves as we reach the top of the mountain. So today, today while we're together, we're going to hone in on learning from our elders. As I grow older, I realize how blessed I've been throughout my life by the wonderful elders God puts around me. 
They have made such a tremendous impact on me, helping me in everything from my relationships to my marriage to my career. Watching them go through life and being the beneficiary of their wisdom and experience has saved me from falling off the mountain more times than I can even count. The most significant elder influences in my life were in my family, especially the four aunts on my father's side. But of all the elders who touched my life, none but my own mother was dearer to me than my maternal grandmother, Ida Irene McNeil, who we called Granny. I've mentioned before that my mother never knew her earthly father. He left when my mom was an infant, and Granny remained a single mother for the rest of her life. Rather than growing bitter at the hard hand she was dealt, Granny embraced life and lived it to the fullest. She was extremely healthy and active throughout her life. She got up with the sun and faced each day with energy and good humor. She enjoyed surrounding herself with God's creation, working in her yard, caring for plants, and growing the most beautiful flowers I've ever seen. I never recall Granny driving a car, taking a nap, or even complaining about life. She had a modest home and lived a very simple lifestyle. She unashamedly lived out her faith in front of others, and she taught us to do the very same thing. Above all, she taught us the importance of serving other people with love, using her talents as a professional seamstress, caring for God's creation, and valuing family. I would not be who I am today if it weren't for my grandmother. She climbed a mountain I can't even imagine, being a single mom back in the 1920s and 30s, but she never lost her footing. I've also had many impactful elders outside of my family. My brothers and I spent a lot of our childhood in our father's restaurant, the Dwarf House. We spent afternoons there working on homework, helping with chores, and I suspect getting in the way of the employees. However, they never complained about us being around. In fact, they did just the opposite. They spent time with us. These hard-working grown-ups encouraged us to behave, to work hard, and to be kind. We saw them practice what they preached, too, as they demonstrated remarkable loyalty and commitment to our family and to our customers. They helped shape our lives and demonstrated a strong work ethic. I remember an employee named Ms. Zelma who worked in the kitchen. She tied a white apron on me, hiked it up to my armpit so it wouldn't drag the floor, and put me on a stool and taught me the perfect way to make meringue and top a lemon pie. Another employee, Betty, who was one of our waitresses, occasionally gave me a pad and pencil and had me write down customers' orders for her. Of course, I was so young I could barely read, much less write, so Betty was always within earshot just to make sure that we got the order right. I'm sure including me made her job a little harder and slower, but she didn't mind. She was happy to give me something to do to boost my confidence and make me feel useful. Although my father and his employees took the business side of the restaurant seriously, it was never simply a job for those who worked there. It was like family. Everyone there, the manager, waitresses, cooks, they all did their jobs with a smile on their face. They actually liked being together, and they were serious about providing an excellent experience for every customer. In fact, they extended their family atmosphere to everyone who walked in the door, which no doubt contributed to the success and stellar reputation of my dad's restaurant, The Dwarf House. Everyone who worked there demonstrated what it meant to serve one another humbly in love, just as it says in Galatians 5, 13. 
We've talked about the elders we're born with and the elders around you, but I'm also grateful for the elders we seek out, those who give us wisdom along the way. No matter where John and I have lived, the Lord has been faithful to provide wise, loving mentors. When we were in college, God sent us a pastor's widow. We knew her from our church, Mrs. Catherine Gears. Despite the age difference, I immediately clicked with Mrs. Gears. We became great friends, and John and I made a habit of taking her out for pizza, her favorite, after church every Sunday night. Miss Catherine Gears never had children of her own, but she threw her arms open to John and me, investing in us as much as any relative ever could. She showed us how to grow old gracefully and with a heavy dose of determination. She influenced the younger generations. She loved the church, treasured God's word, and made the most of her marriage. She was such a powerful figure in our lives that we chose to honor her by naming our firstborn daughter, Joy Catherine, after her. Even while living in Brazil, God continually surrounded us with older men and women who would become friends and mentors. Bill and Jerry Ictor, Bill and Barbara Mosley, Orman and Elizabeth Gwynn. I could go on and on about the people who seemed to appear just when we needed them the most. They became our friends and in many ways our surrogate parents and grandparents while our real family was half a world away. Here's what I noticed. They had already journeyed further than we had, and they were always willing to share their wisdom and experience. By opening my heart to what these great mentors, family members, and friends alike had learned and paying attention to the choices they had made, I was able to take a few shortcuts in my own climb. They pointed out danger zones I was able to avoid, and they offered suggestions on better routes to take along the way. Their influence had been an unmistakable blessing in my life, impacting not only me, but also my husband, our children, grandchildren, employees, friends, and thousands of students we had participated in with summer camps. They taught me that my experience doesn't have to be mine alone. I can incorporate what others have learned into my own experiences, and more importantly, I can share what I have learned with others. When you come to view your life through that lens, you discover that you are actually standing in a river of experiences. Each one flows right into the next. And when you realize there are other people in the river with you, you begin to notice how someone's experiences upstream can shape and change yours. In return, you see that your own experiences flow out of you and can impact those coming up from behind. That's the power of elder relationships. There's a world of wisdom and knowledge all around us. We just have to be willing to look for it. As you've listened to this episode, I imagine people came to your mind with each section. Can you identify at least one important elder in your life from each of these? Someone from your family, someone in proximity to your life, and someone you chose to mentor you. What are the significant contributions to your life made by these individuals? What pitfalls or cliffs did you avoid because of their impact? I'm so grateful for the Lord's promise from Isaiah 46.4 that says, Even to your old age and gray hairs that He will sustain, including through the life experience and wisdom of others. He is the great provider. Thank you so much for listening today. 
I always have so much fun reminiscing and sharing stories with you, and I hope today encouraged you to do the same with others. Let's continue our conversation in part two of Scaling to the Summit, looking at how to walk through the loss of our elders and entering that season ourselves. Until then. That concludes our time together for today. To find out more about Trudy, visit TrudyCathyWhite.com or follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. By pondering the lessons in this podcast, you'll move one step closer to having your own meaningful collection of lessons you've learned along the way.